much, your man Sorrel Bell, back with a brand new episode of State of Mind. Today on the show, I have two guests who have joined me last time, and they're joining me again tonight. The one and only Miss Kennedy Chanel. Hey. And my boy, Sean J. Swagster. What's good? What's going on, man? What's good? Okay. <laughs> I wish I could have saw that Swagster if you just did. Wow. So we're back again. Um, we did a movie review last week on Malcolm and Marie, the film has been doing crazy numbers and mm-hmm. a lot of sparked a lot of conversations in the community, especially the black community. And I you was know. right. Thank you, according to the streets. Nah, yeah, yeah. Right no, nah, I don't know. I don't know now. <laughs> right Listen, not everybody said we the same that thing. conversation until afterwards, but most people agree with me it's toxic. Moving on. Eh, few people. That's because people don't <laughs> Most know. people. Well, few people. Most, most people, people don't understand real shit. According to, wasn't it you who put that poll up on whether or not it was toxic? It was a, it was a lot of people who said it wasn't. So, you know what I'm saying? What, 30%? That's not a good percentage. Okay. a lot of people who chose to say that. Maybe because they're toxic. They're a not, lot of people maybe in this world six, are toxic. Exactly. What you just said. A lot of people are. So 60%, the 70, 60% could have been the toxic ones. You never know. Exactly. Never know. So this episode, we're back to review another film, a film that I've actually been waiting on for, I feel like, three years now. Mm-hmm. Come to find out, I've been waiting on it longer than that. And a lot of other people have been waiting on it, and even the creators of the film and the actors have been waiting on it. And the film is Judas and the Black Messiah. And I think there's a lot to say about this film, a lot to say about the actors, the, uh, the cast, and what went into it, and what it sparked and inspired. So let's get into it. Hey. And of we course. actually went to the theaters to go yeah, see we it. We did, we did. We was in that theater. That COVID the theater. I was trying to get as far away from people as possible. Well, there's other people there. It wasn't. <laughs> what? No, you guys are confused. Usually these days, I'm probably the only person in the theater, maybe two more people. I get what you're saying, but there still wasn't a lot of people there. It wasn't that many people. I have COVID anxiety, okay? Did you know this movie wasn't actually the number one movie over the past weekend? I think it was A Promising Young Woman or something like that. It was Crude, or the the character cartoon movie that came out. Nobody counts that. What do you mean? It came Uh, out months ago. I mean, yes. It came out in November, actually, in theaters. Yeah. And it was the number one movie still this weekend. I don't think it came out in November. It did come out in November. I thought I saw it pop up on my Fandango maybe two or three weeks ago. Nope, it came out the week of Thanksgiving. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And that was actually the number one movie this I just, weekend. I count it, but I also don't count it. I get what like, you're saying. we're talking about movies, like, yeah. I, I'm talking about, like, like adult things, you know? Because, of course, I, kid movies, especially Cruise, is going to... I get what you're saying, but, like I said, it's been out four months. Yeah. So, let's talk about that, because I saw an interview that Shaka King did, mm-hmm. and they asked him about the Oscar speculation, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, the Oscar talk and everything. And they said, you know, with all the buzz going on, are you excited or anticipating the awards? What did he say? He said what everybody always says, like, I was just happy to make a film and blah, blah, blah. Mm, But he said with the climate being so different and you can't count on box office numbers, you have to count on the reviews Mm -hmm. and the rewards of the awards now because box office isn't going to determine if the film is successful. Now it's going to be on... The people and everyone reviewing it and giving it praise or um, or trashing it. So it's like yeah. Yeah. the award shows are what is going to consider a film doomed successful or not. For sure, I in this that. climate, for sure, especially in these times too, mm-hmm. more so than any other time. Oh, of yeah. course, even those times it was 
still sold. But now, when you got a movie that's not making much, Tenet didn't make that much that's money. That's what I was going to say, yeah. yeah. But it still got a lot of hype. I expect it to at least win something. Exactly. Oh, it has to. Yes. Those so, have to. yeah, now you just have the word of mouth of the people that did go see it or seen it on demand or whatever to say, oh, this movie was a really good movie. And now the award shows because we don't got the money this past year. Yeah. So let's get right into it. Judas and the Black Messiah uh, produced and directed by Shaka King. Um, I love his name, first of all. Yeah, Shaka name. King is such a heavy name. I that's, love that. That's his real name. That's his real name. Like his mama named him Shaka. That's what's up. She really likes you Shaka know. Khan. Yeah, it sounds a lot like Shaka Khan. I was reading the name a couple Khan, times. My, Shaka, yeah, Shaka Zulu tribe, you know, yeah, Shaka, very, Shaka very rich. Yeah. Um, he directed this film, and it stars Daniel Kaluuya. Hopefully, I'm saying his name right. Hopefully, and That's Keith how I say Stanford. It. I would say Kaluuya. Kaluuya. Because Kaluuya, to me, I I picture that being spelled differently because of the Kaluuya the drink. Mm. So possibly, possibly, because that's spelled with an L, and this is spelled with a Y. So Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah. It don't sound right, but you it know don't, what? Yeah, we'll rock with it. Yeah. <laughs> and this film is a a tale of William O'Neill, played by Lakeith, um, being a FBI informant. Brat. Snitch. Devil. <laughs> and the the <laughs> actions and the short life of Fred. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Chairman Fred. Chairman. Chairman. And it's kind of crazy to see because a lot of folks said that they thought this was going to be a Fred biopic, but it's not. Mm-mm. It's not at all. And then some audience members I saw... You don't think it's a biopic? No, definitely not. He even said it wasn't. And some people said that it was focused too heavy on William O'Neill, and I thought it was a perfect marriage of the two. I thought so, too. Because I like the relationship it showed you that he had with them and then the snitchness of he had with the FBI. Yeah, the snitchness. And, <laughs> <laughs> and like, so... It definitely is a perfect marriage of the two. Because mm-hmm. obviously people need to know about Fred Hammond and how like, great he was, how revolutionary he was in right. Chicago and stuff like that. So it's huge to show that, but it's also mm-hmm. huge to show like his downfall. Yeah. He trusted one of these dudes that came up off the street. And, mm-hmm. and it, I would say it wasn't a biopic because it didn't detail the full life of him. You know, mm-hmm. he, okay. He passed away at a young age, but you didn't get to see any of those earlier You didn't actions. even get to see his start. No. No. You know, no, like how did he become all. chairman? You don't get to see no. any of that. You None just come that. in and he is a force of nature mm-hmm. that, you know, Will is trying to, you know, change. get to know, yeah. change, yeah. be around, all of those things. Now, I will say, it's probably more so a William movie than it is a Fred Hampton movie because... I don't think so. Because they showed you how much of a snitch mm. he was, how dirty he was. They showed his early life, like how he started out and all yep. this other stuff. But do you think he was genuinely so much dirtier? Or do you think he was just trying to survive? Because I feel ah. like because I feel like Let's halfway through it. the movie you kind of see this switch in him like, oh my god, I am telling on my people mm-hmm. who are fighting for my people to this, you know, white devil. Agreed. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't think that he went through the whole movie thinking that his actions were right or even wanting to continue them because halfway through the movie he says he's done. He's done. He doesn't want to do it anymore. I don't want to be a part of this anymore because he believes in Fred Hampton. Right. Full-heartedly. And then the guy throws it back in his face that the Black Panthers have killed people before, but that's not actually true. 
that other guy who killed somebody was also an informant. Mm -hmm. So to me, I don't think the Black Panthers killed anybody. No. I think the police killed somebody through a black informant, For which sure. just shows you how right big of a mind fuck it is to be an informant for the police and I think we get to see that develop in Will and um, I, I just think that he took this deal not because he didn't believe in Fred Hampton he took the deal because he didn't want to spend five years in jail mm. and so that's and that's, white police officers are always pitting black people against each other yes. like that. that is true because now I'm not at all going to say that what William O'Neill did was right in any way shape or form mm -hmm. didn't say that yeah. no no I'm not saying you did However, if we really look at it in, in real time, in real life, he was only 18 years old when the police got him. Yeah. And they said, hey, man, we got this guy out here. We need you to, you know, kind of surveillance him and peep the scene. He didn't know who he was. He didn't know what he was getting into. He thought he was on a one-time thing to get out of doing five years in jail, like you said. So at what point, at what point could he have left? Could he? No. Or... Was he just so deep in there that he just had to do what he had to do to survive? Here's I mean, the other thing. it's easy to say, oh, I would have done that five years and not snitched on my brother and stuff like that. But, yeah, it's also hard to, like, hey, that's five years. And then even then, they still probably don't fuck with me. Yeah. Oh, and you know what I would have done? I would have just, I would have probably did what he did, my first choice. And then once he threatened me that the Black Panthers were going to kill me if I didn't say anything, I would have went and told Fred Hampton what was going on. I don't. Because uh, Fred Hampton wanted to kill you. He, I, no. Because Fred Hampton no. is not the person who killed the other person. In fact, when he brings out the C4 and says we should do more stuff, Fred Hampton's like, whoa, wait, mm -hmm. you're going to ruin everything. Exactly. If it was me, I would have been like, look, I got myself into a pickle. Yes. This is what happened. This is what I've been doing. And we should use this to further mindfuck the police officers. Yeah. That's what I would have done as a, as a person. But here's the thing what we're really not getting into is like, Yes, he's 18 years old. That is a child. Mm -hmm. It's like, technically that's an adult, but that's a child with a child's mind, with a child's mannerisms. Like, it, it, it was almost um, immoral that that police officer took that child threatened him with five years of jail time right. if For he sure. did not inform another black person. And a, a child has no idea what to do in that instance. Yeah, I agree. Because 100%, well, 99%, this is on the police force, the FBI. Because in anybody in their right, not even in their right mind, like their young mind probably would have done that. Mm -hmm. Because they don't know no better. Yeah. And don't think they have a better option or anything like that. So they're going to take that deal. So obviously this is mainly on them. It just sucks that they... How it always has been throughout history, they pit black people against black people yep. because black people can get closer to black exactly, people than any exactly. other race can. And if you look at the penitentiary system right now, there is about 85% of people who are in prison due to somebody snitching on them. Mm -hmm. Granted, not saying that they didn't do the crimes, but it's because someone came forward, someone infiltrated their system and decided to yeah, be a rat. Yeah. <laughs> So that's what that's the type of system we're looking at. Now let's dive deeper into Fred Hampton, mm -hmm. because a lot of people didn't even know who he was or the things that he did prior to this film. My dad did. Yeah, I mean, you but know, my dad have, is a black. <laughs> my dad is like black power all the way. Yeah, he exactly. knew everything. We have, we have a lot of people <laughs> who did know about him and who um who have done a lot more research and whatnot. But I think the general public did not know about him, Me which was. One of the reasons Shaka King's Shaka, Shaka King, King said yeah. <laughs> he chose that name. story. 
He said that he couldn't make a Fred Hampton biopic because when he pitched that name to Hollywood, they didn't know who he was talking about. That's crazy. You know, and you think... Well, I don't expect them to know anything yeah. about black people. I would no. expect probably half of the white execs would probably say, who the hell is Malcolm X? I'm just being honest. Oh, most definitely. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, he didn't affect their lives at all. So. No, so he said to, uh, to, to come with a story like this and be able to tell it in a dynamic way, he had to like figure out a good positioning mm-hmm. to tell this dynamic story of this leader who wanted to unite, who wanted to end corruption in the police force, who wanted to end police brutality, mm-hmm. and he had to tell the story in a very compelling way, but it almost had to be split down the middle of story and life, mm-hmm. you know? Um, now, let's talk about how this movie came about. He said that the Lucas brothers, comedy brothers, mm-hmm. came to him with this idea, and they pitched it to him, and instantly he said yes. And they're from Chicago, right? The Lucas brothers? I- uh, I'm not too sure. Yeah. I'm not too sure. Kenny can do the research right now on the phone. Yes. Um, so then he went, got his guy, Lakeith. Lakeith is his man. Yeah. So Lakeith said, yeah. So then he went to Daniel. He went to Daniel Kaluuya, Kaluuya yeah. while he was filming Black Panther mm. and said, hey, we're going to shoot this film. It's in development. I got Lakeith Stanford. Would you be down for it? Daniel said, yes. I did not know that this film backtracked that long ago. Really? Uh, how, how long has Black Panther been out? Oh, well, it came out in 2016. Is it, is it four years? About four, yes. Seven, ah, They're from New Jersey. They're from New Jersey. Okay. okay. Four years ago, right? Yeah, about that. Now, Daniel Kaluuya said he was doing the press run for Get Out at the time. Oh, okay. And I said, damn, this guy was doing, he was on the press run for Get Out. Filming Black Panther mm-hmm. and got asked to play Fred Hampton. That's wild. That's a hell of a timeline. That is. And um, the only way that this film was actually funded was Warner Brothers Pictures. Yep. In addition mm-hmm. to the producers. But going back to him approaching Daniel, Ryan Coogler was there and he said, oh, what you guys doing? Oh, we're trying to make this Fred Hampton pick. He said, I'm in. Yeah. So now you have two power forces. Mm-hmm. So now they get the funding from Warner Brothers, and now they can make this film. And I think that goes to show how, one, we always talk about uh, Ryan Coogler and Ava yes. DuVernay. Yep. They are leading the way for us and opening so many doors. Sure. Mm-hmm. They're opening so many doors, and we need these, these dynamic black storytellers to keep pivoting and to keep um, bashing indoors. The thing is, you can't leave Todd Perry out of that either, though. <laughs> no, you can't. You can't. Yeah, I, I, I will studios, never say that. And uh, <sighs> one of these, they film a lot of yeah, films, shows yeah. and movies on his life. Exactly. So he's helping out the black uh, storytellers and stuff yeah. like that too. So can't really leave him out. That I don't think fair. you can leave him out. But just as far as storytelling capability, I think you can. No. No. You can't. You All of his money is f- from Medea. Just I because it made a lot of money doesn't mean it's a great story. I agree, but he, I'm saying he's great for like the overallness of as a black producer and, and things like that. Yes, I just wouldn't put him up with the Ava DuVernay's of the world, even if he has so much money and a studio lot. I'm not a fan of Todd Perry to be real to you, but I can't like deny him his greatness of being. He's a great. Black 
billionaire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever he wow. is, multi-millionaire. Tyler Perry He's is a that. filmmaker. Yeah, he's a filmmaker. Screenwriter. Mm-hmm. Producer. And actor. We need to give this man his accolades. Um, For sure. We have to. Sure. But getting back to, getting back to this, I think yeah. people like that, they keep breaking the mold and they keep opening up doors for us. And um, what does that mean to you guys? I'm just really excited for where this is going. And just not even just for stories like Fred Hampton because we need those, but I think we were having this conversation about black pain stories Mm -hmm. um, and how there are just so many of those, but pictures that put a different perspective on what a black story really is because they don't always have to be painful. So having filmmakers like Ava DuVernay, yes, she's done the black pain stories, but she's also done these out of this world fantastic stories casting black children in them yes. and, 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 and making these huge works of art that transcend blackness and are just great stories mm-hmm. and I think that gives black people the opportunity in Hollywood that they, ha- they didn't have prior to to mm, be right. considered great storytellers, to be considered yep. great movie makers just for being movie makers and storytellers, not for being black movie makers and, and storytellers, storytellers. Mm-hmm. so that's that's what I think about them is that they're coming together and they're they're breaking these molds of us that oh, we don't all have to make slave movies and right. movies like when they see us and we we can do that for sure mm-hmm. but that's not all we can make yes just like when I I wanted to be a writer when I grew up and I remember I was I wanted to write something like Harry Potter I was really young and my aunt wasn't my aunt it might not have been her but one of my family members looked at me and was like black people don't read about witches and wizards and therefore you'll never be successful reading or writing or making a story mm. about black people being witches and wizards because mm-hmm. that's devilish one and so that's black Christianity is a whole other topic Yeah. but black <laughs> people participate huge. in these stories, they read these stories, they watch these stories, they like these stories, I wouldn't say They're so much they participate stories. in these stories because if you watch Harry Potter how many black people is really in Harry Potter? If you read Harry Potter there's way more black people than if you watch Harry Potter. Exactly. And that's a, that's a, change but that's up. a different exactly. story mm-hmm. because that's a talk about how white, is it Hollywood? Because it's a British movie. Yeah, um, Hollywood. Yeah, how they've X'd out black children from that's stories cool. like that. Mm-hmm. Because Dean Thomas and Lee Jordan are probably in every single chapter of Harry Potter and maybe have a, two cameos per movie in Harry Potter. Great. So that's a different story, but what I'm saying is black people participate in these things and people like Ava DuVernay are really breaking the mold when it comes to what stories black people are allowed to tell. Exactly. Yes. And now, and uh, for me, go ahead. like we were talking about like how everybody's selling black right now, but mm-hmm. don't wholly, truly believe in what they're selling. Or, exactly. So me, it's a product. Me, it's a product. Black is product right now. Yeah. But for Ava and all, and all them, they are... Not selling just black. They're giving their stories. They're mm-hmm. black. So when you have like all these companies and stuff like that selling black, it's They always important. sold black. That's the only reason they've ever made money. Uh, it's I called stealing black. So now black is a product as opposed to stealing black. Exactly. Black, <laughs> yeah. Because we see it. We was watching TV, I think, one day, and it was commercial after commercial Man, after commercial. Man, it was insane. It black, was insane. black, black, black. But you know they're only doing it because black is what's in right now, technically. Yeah. So, yeah, with Ava and them, they basically get to sell black, but they're not basically taking the... They're helping the community by selling black. 
Other one, other people are like just pocketing from selling black. Yes. They're taking it and helping black. Exactly. They're taking it. Now, I want to get back to what Kennedy said about um, the, the fantasy fiction storylines type of movies and things like that versus just these slave films and things like that. Mm -hmm. So when I got into filmmaking, my two favorite filmmakers were John Singleton and Spike Lee. Yeah. As they are now, which my list has grown a lot. Mm -hmm. So they when, haven't changed at all? No, nah, they're still okay. my favorites. But okay. I just have, I've added more people to the list. Okay. Um, and I'm walking home one day from school. I was in high school with my best friend. And I was telling him, I said, man, I want to make a movie like Do the Right Thing. I want to do something like Boys in the Hood. And he said, man, I want to make something like The Next Superman. I want to make something like a big action film. Yeah. And I was in shock because I said, yo, what? Yeah. I said, what? Bro, you want to make films like that? Because I didn't know that we could. Mm. And I oh, never yeah. thought that far to think that. So, and his friend is Sean, by the way. <laughs> I know, that's what I was saying. I was like, I was like yeah. is this you? Yeah, yeah. Now, and I don't know if you knew at that time, but I was geeked. I didn't know, no. I, I was so geeked, and I never forget that conversation because I started looking at movies differently because that's right when big box office movies oh, started sure. becoming a real big thing. Yes. You wasn't thinking about Black Panther. No, no, no. So then when Transformers and stuff started coming out, I said, I want to make something like that. Yeah. Not to take away from the black films, but I said... All these crazy ideas I have in my head, I want to do that. And then I saw this movie called Maze Runners. Mm. Yeah. And I said, I want to do something like that. Yeah. I saw this movie called Hunger Games. And I said, I want to do something like that. Yeah. You want to make movies based off books. Based off books. Yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously based off books, but with, with big, crazy, <laughs> stupid budgets, with cranes, with... Um, no, I was just with, teasing. No, I yeah, with the foreign locations, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? All that stuff, yeah. Because yeah. I was thinking like, yo, you, I'm going to write a script about a kid in Brooklyn or a kid in L.A., mm -hmm. and I have the whole district of Brooklyn. Yeah. I have the whole district of Compton. That's it. That's all I knew. Yeah. I didn't know that you can go to Ireland and film. I didn't know that yeah. you can go to uh, Germany and all those places yeah. and yeah, film. Yeah, get kicked out of the countries like Game you know of Thrones, what I'm you know? They're <laughs> shooting real big budget pieces. Yeah. And... Man, Ava DuVernay, Ryan Coogler, yeah. they really are showing you they it's possible. Showing you it's They're showing you it's possible. Absolutely. Yeah. So now let's get back to the cast of this film. Oh, yeah. Because oh, yes, the... I say the cast, I say that lightly because it felt like it was only two people. For sure. In the, I mean, two primary, primary actors. Yeah. And not to take away from them, but I forget his name. Uh, but the white FBI agent, yeah. I love him as an actor. Yes, He's because in every single movie he plays somebody I fucking hate. Yeah, he does it so great. He, he does, does it so great. fucking great. He does it so but great. That's because he's so great. Yeah. Roy Mitchell. Roy, Roy Mitchell. Mitchell. That's yeah, it. That. It was right there in my brain. Yeah, Roy Mitchell. Like, um, man, what do you but, guys think about these performances? Okay, I have an unpopular opinion that I really got on load. Okay, let's get it. I love Daniel. I don't know if he was the best person for this. What? Not, okay. not because he's not great, not okay. because he didn't bring things to the movie, but because he, at the end when they said Fred Hampton was 21, I genuinely thought this was a 30, 35 year old man doing all of these things, and primarily because it was Daniel. Mm -hmm. Because he is an older man. I mean, black don't crack, <clears throat> but, um, <laughs> 
uh, for me, being a black person, I just looked at him as a much older person. And I feel okay. like it probably would have hit different if they had genuinely casted somebody who was that 21-year-old. And I'm not even going to touch the fact that they don't look anything alike because I don't necessarily think whether or not that matters. But I do think it would have been powerful to see a younger, younger actor portray that because then you would have you would have um, interpreted Fred Hampton as a 21-year-old. Since we're not all privy to the story, and we don't all know that this exactly. happened between 19 to 21, mm -hmm. we're looking at Daniel and saying, this is man is 30 years old. And at the end, when it says 21, I was like... Yeah, I was going to be honest, there okay. were actors in the movie that both looked, to me, more like Fred Hampton, could act, not on the same level, but could pull this role off, and we could channel that 21-year-old. What, what, is, okay. what is the guy that died at the hands of the police officers and was doing the shoot-off? Oh, He's in many other things and can carry the emotional exactly. aspect of that's that and can, can channel act. the 21-year-old It was just on Daniel Kaluuya to just be okay. that great. Now, let me hear your take on it before I give mine. Go okay. ahead, uh, There was levels to the okay. acting in this movie. Daniel Kaluuya is, was the off highest. Off the charts. Off the charts. Lakeith, I feel like he was like right there under him. But I feel like there was a couple, like she was saying, like a couple of those younger actors in there yeah. that filled that void between Daniel and Lakeith. Lakeith gotcha. paid Lakeith. And then after that, I feel like it was a couple performances that was missed. Mm -hmm. And that's why for the movie, for me as a whole, it was really good. Obviously, I rated it at nine. But some of the performances wasn't there for me. Like, and, okay. uh, whatchamacallit, Dominique <laughs> Fishback yeah, yeah, playing hers. Deborah? Yes. Hers was flat. Like, she didn't give me, like, when, at the end, you know what happens at the end? Yeah. When she was supposed to deliver that emotion of how hurt she was at that point, I didn't feel it. I felt it from the scene itself. Gotcha. I didn't feel it at all. Nah, I was, gotcha. I was, I was like, dang. I was pissed in that moment. <laughs> I was like, dang, they shot him, but I felt like if she had been like, ugh. I wasn't trying to give away spoilers and shit. But, you know. <laughs> they should have watched it by now. Yeah, they should have watched it by now. They okay, I'm going to give you guys my take. Yeah. So, um... Privy to the film, I, I knew that he got murdered at 21 years old. Mm. Okay. And at the end, um, it was it was so shocking to see again that, okay, he was murdered at 21 years old from doing all that. And I think in the film, the reason why you and most people would be like, ah, they could have someone younger play him. I think they wanted to show the struggle in him and his face and his appearance and everything because he started, this is my take, mm -hmm. he started feeding other children at the age of 10 years old. He joined the NAACP at 13, I believe, um, as a youth advisor. And then years fast forward, he's doing all this stuff at 17, 18, 19 years old. So I think personally that they just aged his character a little bit to show like, this is what this young man did and went through. And this is what, even if you look at pictures of, of Fred Hampton, he looks older. He does. Here's. But I, I get where she's coming from because... Oh, I definitely get oh, it. I just want to say why I think they did it. For white people. I think that seeing somebody as young as Fred Hampton was and having that translate on screen is a little bit too uncomfortable for people to watch. And I think that they do that often. That's the reason why when Ava DuVernay did When They See Us, all of those boys are actually that age. Because Hollywood generally casts older all the time. Sure. That's mm -hmm. why people think that teenagers are supposed to look a certain way because they cast adults to play teenagers. Mm -hmm. All of the time. And the reason why Ava did, in my opinion, 
why she chose to cast actual teenagers to play actual teenagers is because she wanted you to be uncomfortable by what they went through. They, she wanted you to see them as children. Mm -hmm. She wanted that uncomfortability. I think the fact that they casted somebody who wasn't anywhere near 21 years old was because they did, wanted to avoid that uncomfortable feeling that you have, realizing that the fucking FBI is planning on murdering a child. Yes, yes. And I understand that, and I don't want anything to take away from that. But let's get back to the fact that Saga King is a brand new filmmaker. For sure. Ryan Coogler attached. They had to beg to get the budget. You need a name to play this role. I think it's a lot of things that went into play versus um, them just not wanting to cast a 21-year-old. It's like, if you are going to shoot this film and you want to get it produced and sold, you need... Yes. Daniel Kaluuya. He is the youngest looking actor, actor with the chops yeah. that has a name. Mm -hmm. That has a name. Now, you can go and get a young 21-year-old to play this, but is the film still going to sell? I disagree. I feel like there's so many young black male actors give that me have one. a Give name. me three, three that could have played him. The one in the movie. Aston Sanders? I, I feel like he definitely could have played that. Okay. He's played a similar role already. Um, whatchamacallit? Um... I feel like the he might not have the acting chops yet, um, and I don't know his personal does. name. Oh. But no, no, no. Oh. This is the second one. The boy that plays Junior in Blackish. He's literally 21. He looks more like Fred Hampton. I don't know if he has the acting chops yet, but we haven't seen it yet. Those are two. Okay. Now let me ask you guys about this. I think Caleb McLaughlin could have played him too. Who's that? Uh, Stranger Things, Black Kid. He could have as well. Yeah, he's 20. I think. I think he, yeah, I think he's 18. 18, yes. Yeah, 18, like but really regardless, young. that would have been, and he had, does he have the acting sold chops. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So and there are so too, many black okay. young actors that have the name, who have the chops, that could have played this and just weren't chosen to do so. Okay, so I'm going to do a poll after this, like, again, to see what the people think about it and see who they think could have played him. No, um, again, I, he was off the charts acting mm -hmm, level, mm -hmm. and he deserves this role. I just feel like the uncomfortability needs to be there so that people understand while they're watching, before, without doing research, that this is a child. I agree. Okay. My thing I'm is, with you on that. I'm with you. I would have rather... I mean, I love Daniel Kaluuya. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. I just like... Why can't Americans play American... And this is a whole entire different conversation, but like... No, it's not, because you have a British man yeah, British. playing a black panther. A black panther. It's not just he's playing a black character. He's, he's playing, playing a... He's playing the, the chairman and leader of... A, yeah, the black panthers. And like, that's why I kind of like privy from the... Like, I kind of like steer away from this of just a teeny tiny bit just because of that. Because mm -hmm. like, he's British? Because he's British. You just mad. You ain't got no British accent. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anybody wants a British accent. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yes, they do. Ooh. I want a man with a British accent. Shit. You, you ever seen Idris? Oh. Excuse me. But still, like, yeah. Because <laughs> I would definitely rather have. I mean, like I said, he has the chops and everything. The mm -hmm. accent was on point. But just knowing he's British, playing like such a huge, monumental American black role because right. life here in America has not been great for black. I'm not saying it hasn't. Uh, been, yeah, and, it hasn't been in in but, the United States either. Been, they've never been over there. Is it me or did they turn their music up? I swear they turned because it's bumping. My it's bumping. I'm, my I'm ass like is moving. jiggling this shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
But like, yeah, that's the only thing I have like a little slight to. But besides that, he killed mm-hmm. it, and I have nothing bad to say against yeah. Daniel Kaluuya. It's just like you said, the casting. They right. needed somebody with a big name and all the other stuff. But yeah, like that. My only little slight mm-hmm. against anything. And I believe in if you think about it in retrospect, it almost seems like they almost took a chance on on Daniel because he's not the biggest Hollywood name. He's not. He he's a he's a draw as a supporting cast member mm-hmm. um, of a strong cast, yeah. Of a strong cast, yeah. So this was to make him the breakout star of Fred Hampton. That's that's risky. That is. It's risky, especially to star opposite Lakeith. Mm-hmm. Because Lakeith could have stole the show. He could have. Easily. He could have stole it from a lot of people. You sure? A lot of people. What? What? I'm sorry. I, I wasn't really... I don't know. I wasn't really feeling that. Sorry. Really? I felt Lakeith I think painted. Lakeith... I felt him... He played a great William O'Neill because you see this young man who's just... He robbing, stealing cars to survive... <laughs> Then he gets in this fucked up position with the FBI, mm-hmm. and he's like, shit. You can tell he don't want to do it. Then when he gets mm-hmm. in, he's like, you know what? All right, I got I to gotta do what I got to do, so let me get the info. Let me take this shit back. Um, but I think he played his part well, though. I think so, too, but also his part kind of felt like almost every other part he's kind of played. Yeah, yeah. Like Lakeith is okay. a good method actor. Now, so since we say that, because we see people who play themselves For time sure. and time again. Because Denzel, which is one of the greatest actors of all I time. I don't think Denzel plays himself. And these characters, uh, who else could have played William O'Neill, in you guys' opinion? Honestly, I haven't recasted him in my head, because mm-hmm. I haven't thought about yeah, him I haven't, as a I haven't thought about him, but I still have the same opinion that he could have been casted younger. Okay. So. I agree. Okay. I agree because also I didn't didn't know these people were really younger young. than me. <laughs> yeah, I, I consider know. myself to be very young, and I haven't yeah. done nearly half the things that they've done in their life. Yeah, and but we got to remember also back in those time periods, a lot of younger people had beard, they dressed differently. Oh, so for like, sure, it wasn't a lot that. Of them, they, I just oh, know they naturally actors older. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Is it the fact that you guys know that Lakeith and Daniel are older? Yeah, and they can sell no. that they're younger. A lot of people can yeah. sell that they're younger. Yeah, no, they can If can't. you've watched a lot of these shows, it's 30-year-olds. It was a 30-year-old in, uh, what's the High School Musical, this black chick. Mm-hmm. She sold it. She was a teenager. Or what's her name in Clueless? She was 32 or something like that. Exactly. Like a 17-year-old. So people can portray that they're younger even at being an older age. So it wasn't that. It's just they just don't look. Those ages, they, they didn't portray it. Like I just think that black people portray younger at every stage in life. Mm-hmm. So maybe to some people, he does portray younger. Maybe he maybe. doesn't look a strong 30. I don't know exactly how old he is, but I know he's a strong 30. Like, maybe he doesn't look like that. Right. But to me, a black person... He could never channel older than you know what I mean. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. he, I you, I he could never. I mean, younger. He could yeah. never channel mm-hmm. that to me. Uh-huh. He channels a grown man to me. Mm-hmm. Right. And to me, young black men look like children. To white people, they don't probably don't. Exactly. But I get you. But to me, when I see an eighteen-year-old, eighteen-year-old black man, I see a child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't see a child coming from Dan. Okay. Okay, so now let's fast forward. What do we think about the storytelling and the direction of Shaka King? I think that show's on point. From the first 
freaking Especially for, yeah, for a period piece. Yeah, for a period piece, this was great. Especially for him being an up-and-coming, like, you know, director oh, yeah. and stuff like that. He, on all levels, 10 out of 10, like, because he told the story so well with mixing in, like, how fucked up the FBI was, the uh, police, mm-hmm. uh, Lakeith William O'Neill's, uh, uh, Lakeith character William O'Neill, and Fred Hen. Like, he just, it just all four of those points, he just yeah. did such a great job in telling each one of those stories. Mm-hmm. It's like, you got, like, a good Fred Hampton story. You got a good William O'Neill story. Right. You got a good fucked up police story. Mm-hmm. And the FBI. Yeah. And the Black Panthers. And the Black Panthers. And the Chicago. Black Panthers. Yeah. I think he shed a lot of light the on Chicago that. Chicago yeah. You know, if you look at what Fred Hampton did when mm-hmm. he united... Uh, the Black Panthers, the Young Lords, and the what are they called? The Crowns. The Crowns. Uh, the Crowns, and then the what was the one? Is the, it the Young Lords? The, um, the, or the it was Vice a, it's the Young Lords. Lords. No, it was the Young Lords. Oh. Um, and I know and the, the one that had to confederate exactly, flag Yeah. Um, he really showed that, and I think a lot of people are now going to dig deeper into like, hey, let me see what the Black Panthers actually exactly, were because. Even in the film, to compare the Black Panthers to the, K- to the KKK. Well, that's a very popular statement. I had a professor said that in class. Hate that tool. But I've never, never, I've never seen, read, heard of the KKK feeding underprivileged children. I never heard of them giving out books so yeah. that way they can make sure that the kids in the community can read. I never heard of them, heard of them giving out jobs to the parents of those kids. Uh, bringing organizations together to unite and, and build a medical facility. Yeah, so the, yep. um, I think it was free dental care yeah, and different things like that. For the yeah. people of the people. Yeah. I've never heard of the KKK doing and, no shit and like flip that. flip it. I ain't never heard of the Black Panther community uh, t- t- fucking hanging lynching people. No. Or It's violence burnt. against violence, not violence for the sake of violence. Exactly. Like, it's just wild. Like, how? There is no similarities. One is white, one is black. <laughs> but... Is no similarities. It's night like, and day. It's, it's night the and propaganda day. that the FBI oh, circulated sure. through the white community yeah. that still stands today. That still 100% that's, that's stands today. You hear it Hoover. all the time. Yeah. You hear it all the time. Like the Black Panther and the KKK is the same. Because I'm hearing it now that like the KKK and... Uh, uh, Antifa? Yeah, Antifa and all this other stuff is the same thing. Yeah. I'm no, like, this no. is the craziest thing y'all They tried to say, say that the Black Lives Matter Black movement. Lives Matter. That's what I'm saying. Black Lives Matter movement. <laughs> it's the same, it's the same the thing as the That shit There's is There's no wild. fucking way. There's no fucking way. How? How can anybody in their right mind say Black Panther... Racism or, is a sickness. It's I not get in it. their right mind. I get it. But it's like, how can people keep like continuing on with that? Yeah. Like, how can you have a kid, not kid, grow up, see how the world really is, mm-hmm. even though... Like you're racist, and your kid's probably growing up in a uh, black community or you know a mixed community, and they are still seeing how crazy it is for black people and mm-hmm. people of color, and then they still continue with that. Right. That's how it's been. These white people that are still racist have grown up around black people, mm-hmm. and just don't like. How do you? Because their parents feed them that same energy. It's a top behavior. It's not. It's not. It's a learned behavior. It's not a natural behavior. I agree. So their parents pass that on over and over and over again. It, it, it's as simple as, oh, come on, baby. We're going to cross the street. Why, mommy? 
oh, that man looks suspicious. Mm -hmm. You don't have to say it's because the man in front of you looks is black. black yeah. You don't have to say any of that. That unconscious behavior, oh, this man mm -hmm. looks suspicious and my mommy is crossing the road. Yeah. That's automatically teaching your child that a black man is meant to be suspicious. Yeah, and the only reason is because he's black. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's a learned behavior. You teach that. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just wild that that's like still a huge thing. Even that here is. in Vegas, where it's such a mixing pot, like a huge boiling pot, oh, like for sure. of like so many different races. Like you still. It, we've set in on it. Yeah, we've, we've set, set in, in on, on it. it firsthand. Exactly. First hand. You know, what do you guys mean? Um, just well, we'll get to that in a minute. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> we, we talk like about you know, people going to study the Black Panther Party and things like that. I think it's really, really great, especially mm -hmm. the Rainbow Coalition. Yeah. Now that is what people really need to be talking about because this man, in the film, he walked into this chapter of, uh, I wish I remember the name, the Young Polites. Uh, Which one are you talking the, about? The white group. Oh, oh I don't okay. know. They I just called them. Did they have a name? I don't they think have they name. had a name. They do have a name. They had a name. Oh, okay. um, he walked into their organization and he says, y'all fighting with us. Y'all yeah. fighting with us and against us, but yet the same people who are against us are against y'all. Exactly. So why don't we unite and go against these motherfuckers who ain't trying to see either one of us win. Exactly. Because y'all kids go to the same shitty schools as us. Mm -hmm. Y'all have the same food stamp programs as us. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You guys are, we're broke together. Exactly. We're the same community. We still get beat down by the police. Yep. And y'all white. Exactly. So to, Even to the do ones that. that had the animosity in that room was like, fuck. This nigga right. This, <laughs> literally, this, this nigga, nigga right. right. Exactly. You know, um, so when you when you get that, and I think I think this film is so important in so many ways because, for one, you're learning a lot of history. Two, you're learning unity, a lot of unity. Even when they burn down the headquarters, you see the people the from the neighborhood community. come out mm -hmm. to rebuild it, to repair, to give their hand, to give their service, and to help rebuild this organization that got blew the fuck up. Man, they went in there with gasoline draws on them, that thing <laughs> up, and. <laughs> When he came home, he said, what? I thought they I thought they blew the spot up. I thought they blew it up. Like, what happened? Yeah. They said, dog, everybody from the neighborhood came out. We fixed this shit. What's yeah. up? What are we doing now? We ain't worried about that no more. Exactly. We got it. it was one Snitch ass over here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say. <laughs> he helped build it all. Snitch ass did this shit barely by hand. You know what I'm saying? Snitch ass, boy. Should we have more sensitivity knowing that he killed himself after the fact? Fuck. No. No. Okay. No. Just, I just was checking. No. No. <laughs> Because he shouldn't have did it in the first place. Yeah, he, like you said, he could have any time. Went he could have went to the Panthers and said, hey. Not even to the Panthers, just Fred. Yeah. He could have went to, he was like, little Fred to the side. And I'm like, hey, man. Yeah, instead of becoming more and more irrational, because I think he lost points with Fred and lost trust with Fred. Oh, yeah. The more and more irrational he became mm -hmm. because he was trying to beat the police to the punch. Yeah. And I feel like as if he had just said from the very moment he got out of jail, this is how I feel. Mm -hmm. It was a mistake. I did this because X, Y, and Z. I don't want to do anymore. I can't get out of it, but this is what we could do with it. Mm -hmm. it that's, that's, that's different. That's different. And so I just... My thing about this movie story. is I am sad that he died so young because I would really, really want to read an autobiography by it's, him. Oh, 100%. Yeah. That would have been a beautiful thing. Yeah. yeah. Another thing I want to say about the film, um, which I thought about as we were watching it, is that I did not like the scene where Lakeith was fidgety and he was like, I'm gonna get another drink, you want one? I just felt like that was, uh, I feel like that scene could have been more impactful. 
Oh, I agree. Like you are about to drug uh, poison chairman yeah. of impactful in what way? Like you could have gotten more from him. I think you could have gotten more from the scene. Like yeah. they're sitting in a room and he's talking about how he's gonna get out of jail and they're gonna have four, five, six kids and how life's gonna go on. And he's just kind of fidgety, kind of fidgety. Mm-hmm. He's sitting there he crying. Offers him a drink. Yeah. Offers him a drink and then goes in a car. Yeah. But exactly. That's what they don't show him putting the drug in the train. No, I just wish I wish that scene could have been. Yeah. Maybe if he would have pulled him aside and had a fake conversation with him or something, well, but he's fidgety. It cuts to him in the car. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't. Yeah, I didn't like that. I didn't like that the car. They did get him making the drink. You got the shot from him in the kitchen and everybody else in the living room, and he's making the drink, fidgety making the drink. I don't remember. I don't that. remember that. Scene. Oh, I, remember. I remember him pouring it. I don't remember him putting anything in it. You don't really see that, but you do see him making him a drink and handing it to him and leaving. I don't know. I just felt like that whole scene no. could have been more impactful. And then. Yes. You cut to him driving then, away. I don't remember that. You see him driving away, and then it cuts to uh, yeah. the other guy in the apartment. Yeah, just chilling. now that that whole scene that was whole like scene. him waking up there in a frantic. Yeah, that's powerful. Yes, that is powerful. Now but, my thing is, why did uh, I'm not even gonna because it's what happened, but. Just him saying, I'm coming. Yeah, or I'm him, coming. Yeah, I'm yeah, coming. And he could, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Yeah, for sure. Or like him just being real slow about it. Like if yeah. you knew that you were supposed to be watching this, yeah. like if it was me, I would have just been like, everybody get their butt up. Yeah. Every, let's go through the window, back door, entrance, some, whatever it some, is. Some of these motherfuckers out of here. Yeah, like, no, I get you. Instead of coming. <laughs> yeah, that was so weird. Yeah. It was a weird one second of the movie where he just literally was like, Coming. And then he got blasted. He got blasted. blasted. I mean, but that's his actual, that was probably his actual choice. Yeah, I mean, you know, die for the people. Oh, for sure. Die for the people. Now, something else I want to talk about is that there are so many Fred Hamptons walking around this earth right now. Agreed. Living, breathing, helping out, doing their part, and they will never get the light of day shine on them. That actor Why is that? Yeah, but there are so many community uh activists and organizers yes. who, who do so Kendrick many things. Kendrick Samson. Insecure, um, supernatural. This guy. Oh yeah, he's dope. Same as Jesse Williams. Just he yeah. There's a lot of those people who are who are doing amazing things. Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. Colin Kaepernick. Um, all those people. And we're not really even let's take it levels of below them. Mm-hmm. The average everyday person who is really going out their pocket, going knocking on doors, begging for money to give to other people. Yeah. You know, how do we how do we shine more light on these stories? Because if if Fred Hampton wasn't such a powerful person as he was and the stories didn't continue to tell on mm-hmm. he would just be another brother shot by the hands of the police yeah well the i don't is, think you i disagree but think I about disagree. how many other people it, that were with dr king who just, were with malcolm x who got killed but it wasn't just the fact that he got shot by the police it was that he was a government funded execution yeah, of course, but there's so many others as well. Yeah. Who, who Not in the same get... way. This is on the level with MLK and Malcolm X. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying like, they like they literally him. have whole task teams I in know, order to kill I this know. 20 year old. I'm just saying, like, yeah. there's so many other people who are doing great things as well yeah. who will never 
have those stories told or, you know what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. It's because they didn't die. I believe the government has successfully, like, disenfranchised the black man, the black community. Like, nobody wants to truly work together. Like, we'll be like, yeah, 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 we'll, we'll do this, we'll do that. But nobody's really, like, nobody's, like, getting together like how the Black Panthers did. Okay. Nobody's getting together like how, I mean, it might be some out yeah. there. But I'm just saying, like, for the majority, like, how we, we as I think a black community right now, mm-hmm. we should be way ahead of where we at, right? We should. Because we that should. was in, what, the 60s, right? Yeah. yeah. So we should be way ahead. So if mm-hmm. they were able to do that in the 60s, just think what we could do right now with all the technology, all the it's money exactly. that's coming into, not coming exactly. into the black community, but, like, money that blacks are getting now compared to then. Yeah. Look, you know, as you know, I have the FASI program. Yes. Right? And this is not in any way to compare myself to Chairman Fred. Mm-hmm. I organize books. I get books, mm-hmm. school supplies, and things for children of the community who are not privileged to do so. And also for the school, so that way they can pass them out. Yeah. I have successfully been able to do this with a limited amount of resources. Yep. And... I always think, like, man, if I can just get a little more help, a little more help. And there's a lot of people I go to, and I'll be like, no. Like, why do you want to get books for kids? Mm. And I'm just thinking, like, why wouldn't I want to get books for kids? Why wouldn't I want to make sure that That's a crazy thing to they can read? Question. This is real. This is here in oh, Las I'm Vegas. Sure. I'm sure. That's what I'm saying. It's like a crazy <laughs> thing to question. Like, why should we give you, or why are you getting books oh, for yeah. kids? That's a crazy thing. Kids need to learn. And these are real questions from real business owners, and I'm not going to say their names because I don't want to shed no light oh, on them. Oh, they're just uneducated. Um, and I have people ask me all the time, like, why Why do these kids need books? Like, why can't their parents go get them books or school supplies? Because, because they can't afford it. Exactly. Do they're people they not understand? There's a huge community of broke people, and not even just in Las Vegas, but in the United States. Everywhere. Everywhere. Like, Everywhere. So... Like people, I don't know. They don't take the time to think. No. When they're saying no, mm-hmm. they don't take the time to think and be compassionate. No. To any problem that doesn't involve them, and that's where kind of the world is going right now. Mm-hmm. People are so un, like they're so taken away from like being a human being now. People are just about themselves. Yeah. And I see it all the time. Like social. That's why social media is toxic. But you see it on social media all the time. More than you. More than me. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm not toxic. <laughs> but social media is so toxic because... I huh? Huh? <laughs> I can just continue. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, yeah, social media. If you go on any of these posts, like, you just got people just talking so reckless mm-hmm. about other lives. Like, somebody could have lost their life in Florida. You know how, like, Florida is. Right. Florida man did this and stuff. People are sitting there laughing at that. Yeah. And that's so wild to me. There's been, like, posts where people have killed, like, their children and stuff like that. And, but there's some crazy part to the story, and people are laughing. Like, they're so, like, disconnected from, like, being a human being. Not all of the world's really disconnected from being humans mm-hmm. first. That there's just, like, nobody's thinking for others anymore. No. Everybody, not, you know, obviously when I say everybody, it's not 100% of the people. Of course. It's a big portion of the people that's only thinking about themselves. And that's yeah. what I, I'm just, like, I'm not understanding how can people see such drastic, like, uh, like cultures, like, how different cultures can be and still not care, like, be compassionate for they another person. Even, if person. I, even, hold on, even when you look in the film, when um, 
they they went around and they funded money for him exactly. to make sure that he, him and his family was okay. He said, no, nah, we got to get this medical facility. Done. Exactly. And, you know, people sitting in the theater like, damn, dog shit took that bread. Exactly. What? <laughs> that was me. And, and he was like, I'm going to be straight. I'm going to get mine. Yeah. I'm going to be all right. Mm-hmm. And I think that says a lot about the Black Panthers um, in, in whole because yeah. I don't, I'm not too familiar, but I don't know if any of them were super rich, super wealthy. It was about making sure everybody had something. Yeah. Well, something. that money was from gangbangers. So. Yeah, gangbangers, pimps, dealers. So they were, they did have money. Yeah, but it was to spread. It was to spread. Yeah. Brad Hampton didn't want to be like, yo, I need a big crib in the back with a with a Cadillac and a uh, Lincoln. Yeah, exactly. He was like, no, nah, let's let's make sure that everybody got something because that food that they were feeding the children with every morning, every morning, every morning, every single morning, that shit wasn't cheap. cheap. It ain't cheap. That's just coming out their pockets. Yeah, it's not. They don't have like how. Yeah, he nowadays. stole some of that. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Like we ain't got like how we have like organizations nowadays to feed children. Mm-hmm. Even he couldn't just start a, a 501. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> not for profit. Yeah, exactly. So that was all out of pocket. Yeah. Like there wasn't none of this assistance and stuff. I mean, there was some, but like not as much. As much. Like, as much. And the reason why there was no assistance is because J. Edgar Hoover. Wanted to put together this task force to go after this radical threat yeah. of a 21-year-old man. Black man, yeah. Black yeah. African American. So what do you rate the film? I rate it a 9 out of 10, mm-hmm. just because of some of the performances were lacking. Gotcha. When they could have been just fantastical. Uh, it's a cool word. Fantastical. It's a really cool word. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but besides that, I have nothing bad to say about the movie. There was no slight in any way in this movie. Like the direction, the the script, everything was great. It was just on the performances that mm-hmm. could have pushed How it about to you, a Um, I love the movie in itself. I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was beautifully made. It's just, this is a Black Pain film that I'd probably watch again, probably buy it. I wouldn't. Um, <laughs> um, even if I didn't watch it again, I'd probably buy it just because that's how I was taught. Yeah, support. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, probably have to give it an eight and a half. Okay. okay. And the, the reason I give it an eight and a half is because I think there is concerning the acting. I'm a big person around uncomfortability. I think the power behind a story is around somebody's being uncomfortable. And I think if we would have seen it look as if they were children, because they were, then people would have felt differently about it. It probably would have been even more impactful, even yes. more uncomfortable okay. if we would have gotten that. I think Daniel did an amazing job. I just really wanted that factor that we just didn't get. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, what's her name? I keep blanking, but the girl who played Deborah. Dominique or something like that. Yeah, something like, yeah, Dominique. Um, <laughs> the performance in multiple areas mm-hmm. just wasn't there for me. And I feel like you said earlier, so many people beneath them in the cast that had these maybe five minutes on this show, on this movie, impacted the movie far more than she did and she had a, a, a decent character and a, and a decent yeah, she was probably like the role that she character yeah that she should have been filling and I just feel like she terribly fell short of filling those shoes of the actual Deborah. nice I like well, that what you rated my friend I'm giving it a strong strong nine okay strong strong nine um I think the storytelling was amazing I think the some photography was amazing I think the Acting performances of the the main people yes. was really really dope. Um, I love how they aged Chicago 
Oh, yes. I love that. I love that. I love the fact that I learned a lot. And I think as a upcoming filmmaker and writer, mm-hmm. it, it provoked something in me to to go after something a little bit more. Not just to tell a pain type of story, yeah. but just to go after something a little bit more. And um, yeah, I mean that I am yes. revolutionary. I was wanted insane. to chat it every single time. <laughs> That, that was, was crazy. Yeah, I wanted to chant it every single time. And, um, yeah, so I'm going to give it a strong nine. You I can't are. wait. I can't wait to see what uh, Shaka King does after this. Oh, same. Because oh, now, yes. I'm going to follow this He's very Yeah, yep. he's established now. He got a bit more of a backing with him. And it's going to be really, really dope to see what he does next. And, yeah, I'm just I'm excited to see where... I hate to say black cinema, but it's what it is. I, I, I'm excited to see where black cinema is going to go. Agreed. That's why I'm most forward. I mean, looking to it the most is because black cinema is becoming such a big thing now. Yeah. And I love it. Every little yeah. piece of it. Black Hollywood. I mean, you know. Yeah, black Hollywood. You know what I'm saying? You know who came <laughs> They already know what's up. They know what's good. Yeah, so that's it. So you're giving it a... Nine. Giving it a... Eight and a half. I'm giving it a nine, so... Collectively, that's enough to say it's a great film. Great. I hope it wins well, some type of award. Same here. I don't well, care if it's an NAACP, <laughs> if it's a BT award. <laughs> something. It got to win something. Yeah. It got to win something. Gotta so win something. There it is. That is our film review for Judas and the Black Messiah. Definitely must. I am Sarah Bell. I am Sean J. To you. I'm Kennedy Chanel. And this is another episode of State of Mind, and we'll highlight y'all next time. Peace.